You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Code of Conduct Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is the Code of Conduct with the King podcast. I am your host, Jay Spence the King. I am back live. This is Monday, April 12th, and I'm excited to be back with you guys live as we do it here with the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Y'all go ahead, do me a favor and hit subscribe, hit like. If you're watching on Twitter, if you're watching on Facebook, also go ahead and share that thing for me. Go ahead and retweet it for me. Um, I want to give a shout out and I want to say rest in peace to DMX, man. I want to give a shout out to a legend, somebody who I know we, we throw that term legend out a whole lot. We throw that term out there a ton. Um, and, you know, DMX, DMX is one of those guys who who was actually one of the best at his craft at a point in time in his career. You know, I think back to 1998, he came out with two albums that that went platinum man, just amazing. So, you know, short lived life, tragic death, you know, so I just want to I just want to give a shout out at the beginning of this this uh, pod to DMX, one of the greatest of, of from what I, you know, hip hop is one of the things that I, I love dearly and he's one of the best to do it. So shout out to DMX, man, and everybody who loved him. It's all right to mourn him. It's all right. You know, and when a bunch of famous people pass away, you know, I I hate seeing the negativity when people say, like, it's a bad thing to show emotion to these people. Man, like this music, whether it's DMX or whether it was whoever, like, it's like a soundtrack to your life. Like every time. I, So now that I'm listening to his music that he passed away again, I'm thinking back to like all the times like when I was in high school and the stuff with my just like with my family and, and, you know, barbecues and cookouts and all that stuff you know it, it's the soundtrack to your life so so it's all good if you if you got some feelings and you and you got some love from a man dmx there or, or whoever like i said so uh we're gonna get right into the show it's the code of conduct and y'all know it's it's um i try to have a good time here so i'm gonna bring in one of my friends here so i'm bringing in somebody it, it's a special guest for me because he's a co it's a big deal whenever you can throw that title co-founder or founder you know like it's a big deal. I got the co-founder of the Broviate Union Sports Network. My man, you know what? He needs no introduction. What's going on, Ryan? What's up, man? How you doing? Man, I'm cool, and man, I'm I'm grateful to have you on. Thank you for joining me today. Dude, How's it going? It come, it, it's going good, but really it comes down to you. We've been talking about doing something like this for a long time whether it's on one of my podcasts or whether it's coming on the code of conduct. And so 
the fact that you had reached out and you were like, let's set a firm date to do this. I'm like, I'm, I'm so grateful and, and I'm so thankful for, uh, you know, you, you let me on here, man. I appreciate it. Man, anytime. Like I said, I, I've been wanting to do something with you for the, for a while. So, uh, you know, kind of wanted to make sure because I, I, I'll mess around and get busy and not even remember that I said it. And then it's like, hey, we talked about it like last year. And you, yeah, yeah, I'm that guy. So. So let's start it off with something fun. I want some engagement tonight. Everybody uh, It's going to be a fun conversation. Then we're going to get into some some more uh, pressing, more football issues. I want to get into it, man. The Buffalo Bills are winning, right? So it feels a lot like it used to feel back when I was a kid. So when I was a kid back in the 90s, the Buffalo Bills were doing their thing. Now you got Josh Allen, you got you got Stefan Diggs. It's the same thing that we felt with Andre Reid and Jim Kelly, right? We feel the same. At what point, man, at what point are we going to be able to look the same? I want to go back. I want to bring back the Buffalo Jills. I want to get the jigginess back. I, the Dallas Cowboys still got, they still got cheerleaders. I think there's some teams, some, some good teams with some cheerleaders. Why Buffalo? I know it's cold, but it was cold back in the 90s. So what? And then, you know, what about these red helmets? I get it that the white helmets are the fresh thing. And now they, we finally went back to the white face mask. I want the red helmets at least for at least for an alternate game. We're going to start off the show with this and then we're going to get into some more serious stuff. We're going to get into it. So, Ryan, what do you think, man? Uh, we can start off. Let's let's start off talking about the red helmets, man, because I feel like we got the we got the swag now. Josh, is he got that energy. Isaiah McKenzie is real funny. We love to see how he interacts with people. Stefan Diggs is real funny on every on, on Twitter and everything. Yeah. What about on the field, though, man? I want that red helmet. I want those blue jerseys back. I, I think, first and foremost, I think the Bills have always had one of the best uniforms in the NFL, even going all the way back to, like, the AFL days. We've always looked good, whether we've actually played well while we're in them, you know, depended on the year, depending on who was on the team. I mean, yeah, you're right. We got the white face masks now to go with uh, the white helmets. Um, I agree with you, though. I think that, um, like, the red helmets should definitely come back in some type of throwback way. Um, but that's going to be on the NFL to change around the helmet rules uh, for the season. But I agree with that. That being said, though, like for the full uniforms, I like the shade of blue that we have now. The NFL seems to have trended in, in that lighter direction. I don't personally see why the Bills should go back. I'm kind of against that, but that's just because of my Sabres bias in the Royal Blue. <laughs> and, and all the jersey messing around that they've done over the years, as, as everybody can see behind me up here. So, um yeah, I like the red helmets, and by all means, we should we should bring them back. I, I think the NFL should be able to do, not be able to do, but like teams should be able to kind of customize and 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 play around a little bit. Like if you if you've walked around different sports stores and stuff, I don't know, you know, when you were back out here in Buffalo, how often you got out to like the Galleria, but like some of these stores have like the matte black helmets with the red trimming yeah. and stuff, just just things that look really cool. That you're like, man, like I if if I could see this on the field one day, that would be really good. And there's a lot of good. Uh, I don't have anybody off the top of my head, but there's a lot of good graphic designers and creators out there that create really good helmet concepts, really good, uh, awesome uniform concepts. And you're like, man, if I could see that in the NFL one day. And then you see something like the Rams uniform, and you're like, 
feel like there were definitely better choices than this. <laughs> See, the th- I actually like the Rams uniform. Uh, you know, it's it's not the best. I'm not saying that it's the one that I would pick out of every, you know, like, but you're right. It could have been a tad bit better of a design, but I actually like it. I think the off-white gives it a, a special touch on the numbers, too. I, I really do. I like it. It's just like the numbers look almost like gel-like for some reason, if, if like, the light hits them in a certain way. But, like, I liked um, Atlanta's fade that they did, and then um, all the Chargers uniforms uh, looked really good uh, as well when they came out with them, like all the powder blue and, and stuff like that. So definitely a lot of good uh, uniform helmet combos that are out there. My man, Chris Jenke, the real Chris Jenke, says uh, he thinks he's the only Bills fans that likes the deep navy blue jerseys. And when he says that, I'm thinking that he's talking about like the early 2000s, like with the like the T.O. jerseys. Like that's what that's what I call them. Um, those those were my favorite. So the last. So like for some reason and people can dog on me for this, but like the guy that got me into liking the Bills was uh, Drew Bledsoe. I was a big Drew Bledsoe fan. Yeah. Rich just said that. Yeah, and you, you mean the Bledsoe jerseys right down there at the at the bottom. And we've talked about this before. I I've, I I asked you probably like a year ago. I was like, man, do you know where I can get a Drew Bledsoe jersey? Um, unfortunately, couldn't get my hands on one of those dark blue ones. I ended up getting one recently with the new colors, uh, the number 11 and Bledsoe's name on it. So I'm thankful for that. But uh, those were my favorite jerseys. The white version, the away, the road jerseys, those looked really good too, especially with the red helmets. So. I'm just I think um, because I, I don't want to talk bad about them because I did I didn't dislike them. I don't think that they were like horrendous like everybody, you know, every time they come up, you, you see a post and they're like, oh, my God, those are horrible. I posted a video the other day of Terrell Owens first touchdown as a Buffalo Bill and they had those jerseys on and like there was at least 40 comments like those are the worst jerseys I've ever seen. In my life. But I don't think they're that bad. But the thing is, I really do like the blue like that we have. I like that. Um, I just like the combination that we, that we currently have. I just really would like to see that red helmet with it. The white is cool. Uh, don't get me wrong. The white is cool. But that red helmet to me, man, I just it, it's something that is something about it. That's just so beautiful. It's so it's so beautiful. What do you guys think in the comments? I see some people talking about uh, the comments that Ryan, you know, are talk that, that he was just talking about. Um see a couple people saying the same thing. They, they weren't fans of those jerseys. Um, I like, like I said, I like the jerseys we have now. I just want to see the red helmet with it. Oh yeah. And you know, it'd be really cool if you could get like a lighter version of those red helmets for the color rush. Cause see, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of solid colors, right? I like the all blue. I like the all white. I like the color rush cause they're all red. I don't like the, the red and, or the blue and the white and the white and the blue. I don't like that too much, but like a solid red, color rush type helmet specifically for the color rush uniform i think that would be really cool but like the old school throwback if you could do a full old school 1990s super bowl era type throwback i think that would be pretty dope all right real quick before we go any further because we're about to get into some football well actually we're going to talk about the jills really quickly then we're going to we're going to dive into some good football talk uh hey there's there's a few complaints in the comments here that your mic is pretty low i don't know if you um are able to turn yourself up or not i actually can hear myself which i normally can't and i'm thinking it's a little bit of feedback uh, let me see if i can uh, see no cancellation is that any better 
Let me know if his sound is better, guys. As far as the the, the feedback, I, I can't hear myself anymore. So thank you for that part. So while, while they're uh, giving us some feedback, I'm going to ask you straight out, man. What do you think about the jails? I know right now it's a sensitive time. I don't want to I don't want to get into political conversation, but I understand that it's like, you know, cancel culture is going really rough right now. There's a lot of guys that's getting canceled from 1922 and they deserve it. They deserve it. Guys, guys who do things like that. They deserve it. However, I understand what it could what it could bring, you know, and why a lot of teams aren't looking forward to uh, bringing back cheerleaders or certain things like that. But I think that I think that the cheerleaders, man, come on. I think I think it'll be a good look right now. We're back on prime time. We're the prime time bills. I, I said last year, uh, you know, we're America's team again. I would agree. First off, our colors are red, white and blue. So we're definitely America's team. Uh, we absolutely obliterated Dallas a few years ago on Thanksgiving. So, I mean, we definitely are America's team. Um, I'm a little bit too young to remember the Jills. My 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 first Bills games um, in like the mid 2000s, I, I like I sort of remember them, but really it was like my recollection of them came from like the Madden 2005 video game when they would do like the halftime thing in between the announcers would talk and like they would always have the cheerleaders perform. So for me, it's not really the cheerleaders and, and the Jills specifically isn't really that big of a thing for me. I know it's a bigger thing for older fans, not to say that you're old, but for older fans <laughs> that like, like, you know, before you said like growing up in the nineties and I'm like, man, I was born in 98. Like I didn't have, I don't have, oh, those man. So like this is my first winning team. Right. Like I, that's, I grew up a hockey kid. So like, this is my first winning, um, you know, Bills team. So, you know, but I think, I think kind of going back to that, that was a focal, the, the entertainment part of it was a focal point because the teams were not always that great. You know what I mean? And so now that we're kind of winning, it's like, you know, you're not going to the games for the drum line. I mean, they're, they're really cool. It's kind of loud if you're sitting right behind them, which I've done a couple of times. It's kind of like where I choose my seats, but um, no, nah, man, I'm going to the game to watch Josh Allen. I'm going to the game to watch Tredavious White. Now I'm going to the games to watch Gabe Davis go out there and uh, and tow the line with those catches. So, um, you know, for me, it's not for the drills. If they bring them back, great. But I think that, uh, like you had mentioned before, I think that just the environment has kind of moved on from from the cheerleaders. I think that the Bills fans have moved on from the cheerleaders. And I think that the team has moved past the point for, you know, trying to bring entertainment versus a winning football team. See, I feel like I, I, I understand where you're coming from and I, and I, I feel you. The reason why I'm going to the only reason why I'm going to debate that is because so when you think about winning organizations and you think about like championship, I'm sorry, my dog is like trying to jump up. And uh, but when you think about championship organizations and you think about a bunch of like, you know, major just just the best organizations. Think about the Lakers. You, you, you know, you, you remember the Laker girls. You know the Laker girls. Yeah. No. And that's I'm and just that's saying it's a certain like, isn't even a, an NBA fan. Like I'm not even an NBA fan. I, and like I know who the Laker girls are. So I know I know what you mean, but it's like the Buffalo Jills weren't like a big thing. I think out of all the cheerleading or out of all the NFL teams, like the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, because they had that reality TV show, like they were kind of the NFL equivalent equivalent to like the Laker girls. But like I feel like for Buffalo, maybe that was more of a local thing. I, I don't know if that was really because obviously it was more. But see, that's the thing. The NFL, it's kind of, but it's kind of, you know, it, it's like it's not like Buffalo isn't the only one that has or that doesn't have the cheerleaders. 
you know so it's like everybody's kind of expanded out and, and started to do their own things yeah but i will i will tell you um I understand you did call me old. I don't take offense to it. But in the 90s, the Jills were a big deal. Like the pe- people loved the Jills, not just in Buffalo. People absolutely loved the Jills. Uh, but let's get into some football talk, man. That's enough of that, that, uh, that fun stuff there. So at the bottom, I don't know if you guys can see the ticker there at the bottom. Our guy, one of, one of our own, Dean Marlowe, man, I-, I loved him. He signed with the Detroit. Uh, it just hurts. <laughs> It just hurts. He done, he signed with the Detroit Lions, man. And um, first of all, I want to say good for him. Congratulations to Dean Marlowe. He deserved more snaps. I think that um, he's one of those guys. I mentioned somebody on Twitter asked me. Um, I think they were a Detroit fan. Actually asked me, like, you know, well, is he good? And I'm like, look, he absolutely deserved more snaps. He absolutely deserved a chance at making more money. And, and when 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 he had the chance to fill in, whether it was for injury or for whatever purpose, we didn't see a drop off. You get what I'm saying? Like you normally don't get that when the backup comes in, when the backup comes in, it's like, ah, oh, that didn't happen with him. How do you feel about, uh, you know, how do you feel about the, the state of the team at this point? I know we got our guys, our, our top guys locked in for a couple more years now, but how do you feel about our safeties after our top guys? So safeties after the top guys, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of going to go both ways because we got to see a little bit of Jaquan Johnson last season and almost the same thing. When he was out there, you didn't see like a regression from any time that he was out there before. You didn't see a regression from camp. Like he was a guy, he wasn't making like, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to say he wasn't making massive plays because he definitely did make massive plays. Right. But like in terms of actual depth at safety, I, I think that we're going to look to either probably draft someone either late in this upcoming draft and i know that you said before the show you didn't really want to get the draft off so we won't go that in depth no no we can't no we can't we can't let's go for it if you if you think that there's a um i'm not saying that i have if you i'm not saying yeah no i'm not saying that i have like anybody specifically in mind but i'm just saying in terms of like a position that uh, in terms of backfilling not backfilling but um adding depth to the safety position, especially after losing somebody like Marlowe. Um, I don't know. We might go for somebody in the draft. Jaquan Johnson is, is certainly um, an option there still for depth, but we're probably going to go for somebody in the draft. And if not, I'd expect them to sign a UDFA or possibly somebody that gets dropped off of another team because they drafted a safety. So, I, I mean, we're I'm, I'm 95% confident, which is pretty high, but I'm like 95% confident that you're going to see – Brandon Bean go after a safety or two at some point starting in three weeks. Well, Chris agrees with you um, because he mentions that he's upset that we lost Marlowe, but he thinks that we're going to be drafting a safety or linebacker hybrid in the draft. Chris, if you have a, a, just an idea at all of of what direction you think we're going to go in when you're talking about safety, what round or what guy, let us know, throw throw it in the comments and everybody in the comments, let us know who you think uh, or how you think we're going to address the the safety position um once you get past our starters because like i said our starters man i i i will i will argue with anybody that we have the best safety tandem in the league now i'm not saying we have the two best guys i think we have the best tandem um i can make a case a strong case that both guys are you know obviously top seven in, in their positions i think we have the best tandem in the league by far though you know and so but after that 
by chance of any injury. They are getting a year, you know, they're a year older than they were this last year. So, you know, you, you keep putting those hits that they put on these guys. It's, it's It takes a toll in their body. But like I said, these guys are good. Once we take a step past them, you're one bad hit. You're one bad fall. Because I was in love with, with Aaron Williams. One bad hit, one bad injury away from now not having these stud guys back there. How do you feel about what we have right now, man? Yeah, I just and, – and so actually I want to kind of touch on what Chris brought up about the hybrid. I mean, obviously players have played different positions. Isaiah McKenzie, who you brought up earlier, probably the most notorious yeah. on the Bills. I think he's played pretty much every position, right? Wide receiver, every, corner. Every. He plays He plays the um, – you know, he plays QB in practice when they're going up against the guy who's maybe a little bit shorter. Kick return. Uh, yeah, he, returning. Uh, I mean, uh, he's – and now he's a star, right? He's in all of our he's in all of our media and stuff. So like Isaiah McKenzie's probably doing I don't want to say the most, but he's he's all over the place right now. But you're gonna see a lot more guys coming in that are that are hybrids. I mean, look at Isaiah Simmons on the Cardinals right now. He came in and the, the idea was we're not gonna, you know, define him to one position. We're gonna move him around the backfield. You got guys that are coming out of this draft where they're talking about, hey, we're gonna move them to different positions they're, they're not just going to stick to this one so you're going to start seeing that uh, a whole heck of a lot more um but yeah no i would definitely expect them to you know start the clock in three weeks you're going to start um you know the hunt's going to be on for uh safety depth for the buffalo bills well kenny has a good point and good question uh he, he brings up saran neal uh wasn't he supposed to be a safety w- would you consider him good depth there and now when i look at saran i look at him personally as a special teams like to me he he's one of those guys kind of like uh when we added uh what's his name now i'm having a brain fart the running back that we added last year uh Tawan johnson um you know there's certain guys that you know hey this guy is very good at special teams he's going to be the reason why we're going to be top seven or top five in special teams that's how i view neil do you view him as somebody that you really want to plug and play on the field on defense now i mean so I would agree with you that uh, he's definitely like I like you view him more as a special teamer because he's made those plays on special teams. Um, but like he's definitely not a guy that like if Poyer or Hyde were to go down, he's not the next guy that I want up. He's like third or fourth down the line where for some reason our safeties are getting knocked out left and right and he has to get put in there. He has that familiarity with the position that I would trust that he could play that for a game or two while, you know, being moves guys over to IR, um, gives them injury settlements and tries to bring other guys in, but he's not like a long-term, you know, you know, hopefully, you know, uh, let's use, for example, Poyer's uh, injury, lacerated kidney from when he was back in Cleveland, a long-term injury like that. He's not a guy that I want at, at that long-term position um, by any means. And that's not to say that he couldn't be good. I mean, we haven't really seen him in that safety position for a year or two now. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of long-term, no, I, I don't think that he's long-term in the safety position. Um, he, he's a temporary replacement though. See, nice like this. I wish that um, my guy Bruce was in the comments. Um, I know I, I feel he's probably recording a pod or something right now, but because I want to know, like, if there's somebody in the draft that's a safety that 
Um, I know we don't have a fourth round draft pick. Some people are speculating we're probably going to try to trade back and gain extra picks and maybe gain another fourth. I debate that. I think it's debatable. The reason why I think it's debatable, I know that um, we have some holes in the future. We have some things coming up. But this year, I think there's a window for a championship. And I don't think a bunch of our draft picks are going to make the team. So I don't think that there's going to be a need for extra draft picks this year. But we'll see. I mean, Brandon Bean, is he's been very smart. I'm just a podcast guy. <laughs> there's a reason why I'm sitting here doing a podcast yeah, right. and I'm not uh, the GM for a football team. But but no, I really do. I, I think that uh, this year, as far as getting extra picks, I just don't think it, it for now makes sense. If it was to the point where you had the time to develop some guys who could come in and make a difference as well. I just I just think we're too deep, man. Like, I, how, who are you? Who are you going to cut? Yeah, like well, past year, I, you're going to you're going to obviously your first round, second round, third round for sure. Right. Those guys you, you feel like are going to make your roster. You're not going to you're not going to try to put that. Yeah, and you're not going to put your first-round draft pick on the practice squad. That's not going to happen. Somebody's going to no. pick him up as soon as possible. So yeah. you get what I'm saying? It's like, you know, so you anticipate certain level, or certain a certain amount of guys making it. We're not going to see Dane Jacksons making it to the roster this year unless the guys that were on the practice squad, like a Dane Jackson, unless you don't think he's making the roster this year and you're going to replace him already. Yeah, I just I just think we, we're looking at value at this point. So is there a guy in the first three rounds, first four rounds that you think, hey, this guy is one that can come in and we can plug him in? On the topic of safety, nah, there's not a guy that that I can I can sit here. I know that there's there's a there's a couple there's like two or three names that have been floating around, not specifically on Bill's Twitter, but on all different sorts of different uh, NFL Twitters that I'm connected into. Um but like you know, uh, I would agree with you. There's there's probably no re- there's there's no reason for Bean to try and accrue more draft picks for this year. But there's every reason for him to try and shed a couple of draft picks, maybe a couple of players, and trade up, whether that's in the first round or anything else. But to your point, you know, most of the conversation, uh, and I know that we've all seen it, um, has, has been about uh, about running back. For the Bills, like, but like right now, the Bills have six or seven running backs in the running back room. You're telling me that we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna draft, a, you know, an eighth. So I mean, it's just it's not all these guys are gonna unfortunately make the roster, um, which you know everybody's a, a pretty much a fan favorite um, on this team. But <laughs> you know, it's um, but in terms of safety, I, I don't have anybody any names off the top of my head. But I think you're right. There's no way that we're adding draft picks. If any, we're going to lose some and, and, and trade up. Okay, so um, my man or my homegirl, I'm not sure because I can't tell. Uh, so I apologize. VP Griff says, Devine Diablo is the hybrid that we're looking for. So right now on the screen, if you are joining us right now, um, I am showing some highlights from the season of Devine Diablo. It says from the season he had 55 tackles, four interception, eight passes defended. Um, from the safety position. Uh, that's very impressive. That is very impressive. So um, I don't know. Th- is this somebody who would be an option? I- I'm not a draft guy. So again, I, these, these are the nights that I wish Greg Thompson, um, you know, Bruce Nolan were, were in the comments. So that way they could tell me like, hey, well, this guy is a such and such round draft pick. I would love to, from, from what I'm seeing so far on these clips, of course, I would love to see him in the red, white, and blue in, in Orchard Park. Um I don't know. I don't know, man. One of the things <laughs> I like about that, though, 
is that's not a name that like I've heard, right? That's not a name that's popped up before. And so that's a guy that Bean would go for. I'm not saying that mm-hmm. that's like a for sure thing, but I mean, he's really good at going out. I mean, like, like you brought up Dane Jackson, how, how much, how many people had Dane Jackson on their, on their wish list for the bills, especially going, I mean, for me specifically, I was like, if we're not taking a corner in like the first five rounds, we shouldn't take one at all. And then we go and we draft Dane Jackson there in the last round. And, you know, you know, maybe we'll talk about it a little bit later, but he's in, he's in like the, the CB two CB three com- uh, conversation. Well, we can, we can actually talk about it now. I think that um, Dane Jackson, we, we, I think it's to the point now where Bills fans are me. I, I'm going to talk about me first. <laughs> I'm hungry for an upgrade at CB2. I like Levi Wallace. I love Levi Wallace. I have a signed helmet in my office here somewhere of Levi over there of Levi Wallace. So when I tell you, like I've spent money on him personally, like I like Levi Wallace. So this is not me dissing him. This is not a hate thing. So please don't think I'm hating on my guy. What I'm saying is there have been times, whether it's been because of the the system that we seem to put him in, whether it be because of the play call, whether it be because of just whatever it is, there are times that we give up big plays and Levi Wallace is the guy that seems to be the guy giving up the play. There are times that we can't get off the field and it's third and short and we're giving up an eight-yard completion or a 12-yard completion. And it's Levi Wallace or Teron Johnson that is the guy that seems to be giving up the play. I, I'm hungry, man, for for a cornerback. I'm hungry for a, a, a you know the, the safety position. I can wait. This cornerback. Let's talk about it. Dame Jackson. Okay, we drafted him. I don't think that I think he's good. Bruce said the other day that he thinks that he's a slight upgrade to Levi. How do you how do you see Levi? Uh, or not so, be like I'm saying Dane. How do you see Dane? Well, I'll oh, sorry, just hit my keyboard. Um, I mean, we'll we we can talk about, you know, I can touch on both of them, but you and I have had this conversation on Twitter for the the majority uh, every week last season. Every time we were on defense, you and I were tweeting back and forth about, "Hey, you know, is is CB2 on this team, you know?" But like you said, first off, again, I also love Levi. Levi. Um, I, he definitely, I mean, that that interception that he had in the end of the season, I want to say it was against um, – did he have one against Pittsburgh? It was one of the final games at the end of the season. But yep. Levi, Levi had a, a big interception. He has big moments, but his thing is he's inconsistent. And that was the thing that I was echoing to pretty much anybody that would listen to what I was saying uh, like two years uh, – or going into last season was he needs to fix his inconsistencies. And if he does, he's for sure – out of everybody that's on this team right now, are CB2. But as we saw throughout the season, yeah, he had his big moments, but more often than not, he was missing tackles. He was, you know, there was blown coverage. He was getting blown out by guys he shouldn't have been getting blown out by. Um, And so I just, since he hasn't fixed those inconsistencies, like you said, it's time for where this team is headed. I mean, we were one game away from the Super Bowl. One game away. There's no reason that CB2 shouldn't be at the top of everybody's list, whether we draft one in the first round um, or in the second round. Like, that's a position that we absolutely need to fill. Now, I would agree, and I think you said Bruce said that he was uh, an upgrade from Levi? Yeah, slight. I Yeah, so I would absolutely agree. He's a slight 
upgrade. But I think that's because we've only seen so much of Dane compared to Levi in actual regular season game situations that Dane looks more consistent than Levi already does. I'm not saying he's, he's not. But I'm just saying from what we have seen in terms of game tape or been able to see because of the time that they're spending on the field, Dane looks a little bit better. By all means, he could be. I mean, I, I saw those workout videos. He's down there with, um, you know, um, uh, what's his name? The defensive tackle. Uh, Donald, Aaron Donald. Yeah, Aaron Donald. So he's out there, you know, flipping – tractor tires with Aaron Donald, uh, you know, putting in the work in. So, you know, I, I for sure think that he's going to be in the battle for CB2. Uh, he's definitely an upgrade from Levi Wallace, but corner is like my first or second round must. You know, that's, that's you want a top-tier talent. You don't want to go searching for that diamond in the rough in the fifth, sixth, seventh rounds for, for this position because Trey can't do all the work. You know, no. going going down there, and and again, no hate to Levi by any means, but where you're at with Trey and where you're at at the CB two position, you know, it, it, that that's a that's a rather large drop off, and so you can't have that much of a disparity between your two guys in the backfield. Well, let me ask you this: I've been seeing this name, and I know I'm going to butcher it, right? I've been seeing Ify Melanfau. Did I say yeah. it right? I have I have no idea, but I've also seen the same name. I okay, well I've been seeing a ton of it. I'm like, whatever. I've been seeing a ton of it, and apparently this kid is special. Um, I've I have been watching some of his film. Again, I'm I'm showing some of his highlights from from this past season, uh, from this very special cornerback <laughs> from Syracuse. And listen, I would love I would love. Well, that's a commercial uh, from YouTube. That is not. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the that's not the guy that that we were just looking at. But I would love if the Bills were to take somebody like that. Um, have you have you looked at any of his game film? I've looked at a little bit, and yeah, I would agree. Like you saw that hit right there. I mean, that's that that's a guy that's that's going to bring some impact on the field. But you, I mean, the big thing is this this defense has a tempo that's set, right? And like Trey, uh, Micah, Poyer. These guys have been in the backfield together for a couple of years now. They have a tempo that's set. So you need to get this pick right. Because if this guy is not in that tempo, it screws up the defense. It screws up that, you know, it's that opportunity to be one game away from the Super Bowl. And and, and it's always that it's going to come down to that one play. You know what I mean? It's it's that Terry, yeah. it's, that, it's that Taron Johnson pick. It's in that it's that, you know, it's that Isaiah McKenzie return. It's that one play that's going to set the tone for the game and decide whether you win or lose it. And so if you if that's not a guy that can I'm not saying he can't because I haven't seen enough of them. And obviously college is a little bit different from the NFL. In fact, it's a lot of different. But if that's not a guy that can keep that same pace and, and, and be on that same level and make in literally I mean, we're talking about an immediate impact player. If he can't be that immediate impact player, then you've blown that opportunity for that season. Yeah. And so where we're at at 30, the thing is, so for me, I I, I think most people would say 
we need a pass rusher first. <laughs> like cornerback is like a, a need, but I think pass rusher will be first. At 30, I don't see us getting a good a good pass rusher. I see us being able to get a very good cornerback. So I'm with you. I would be all in on this cornerback thing, man. Um is there anybody is there anybody in particular at 30 who you would want? I'm not going to attempt to say his name, but him. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, like you said, he's he's the guy that whose whose name you've seen the most of, and it's he seems to have garnered a lot of attention and praise from Bills Mafia specifically. So, um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, if 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 it was a year earlier and it was Dane Jackson that they were taking in the second round, I would trust that that Brandon Bean was was making the right choice. Well, I tell you, I do have a crush that I'm developing on. Um, Caleb Farley. I, I will tell you that uh, based off of everything that I've seen, I do know that there are some injury concerns with his back. I, I believe his spine. He had a surgery or, he, you know, recovering from from some type of spine issue. So I get that. But everything else that I've seen, he's six two. He has like he, he was a wide receiver converted to cornerback. He could, he could just do everything, man. Like, I actually was looking up Caleb Farley for another pod that I was doing that I'm not, like, I'm not a draft guy. And I, I tell people very honestly, I'm not a draft guy. So they actually gave me a list of people to look up. So I'm looking up Caleb Farley, and this kid is like, I'm like, dude, he could play. I didn't realize at the time, because I'm just watching film, I didn't realize that he had the injury. He's impressive, man. He's absolutely impressive. Um, so I would like to see him. I could I could see Asante Samuel Jr., but at the same time, he's not the guy that you're going to put on the edge opposite Trey. He's that guy that's going to replace Teron Johnson. So I would like to see him too. We need to upgrade. We need to upgrade there too, because like I said earlier, Teron was one of those guys where it, you know it's it's third and three, and you know we give up 12 yards over the middle to their slot receiver, and Teron is the guy that just so happens to tackle him by the ankles. Tired of it, man. Tired of yeah. it. And it's 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 the same. I mean, there's 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 a couple of players where you can point if if you were like, hey, give me a, a list of your two or three players that are like have inconsistency issues on a team. You just named two of them. Uh, for the third one, you're gonna have to flip to offense and go to Dawson Knox. Like the guy can make the most complicated catches Ooh. ever. Like if four or five people could be around him, he'll make that catch. But if it was like you know just a little just a little toss from Josh he's going to drop it. And so it's like, there are a couple of places where you, you just want more consistency. Right. And I mean, we're at the point now where, you know, not to echo it again, but one game away from the Super Bowl, it, it's going to come down to best player available for the position, you know, that you don't have a hole at, but that you definitely need a, a bit of an upgrade at. So I would agree with you that Samuels is, is a guy is, is more of a slot guy he's going to cover that slot wide receiver um but it was actually i didn't know that uh farley was a converted wide receiver from the stuff that i had seen but when you look at his body his build he's built like a wide receiver he's he's more on mm -hmm. the thinner side but he brings a, a, a really he well he doesn't break he packs a really good punch um when he goes to bring these guys down so again also a guy that i would cons um i would have up there for CB2 but like you said that injury that's that's you're gonna have to weigh that against you know the upside I mean that's how far that's why uh injury is why what's his face um 
Metcalf. That's that's why uh, Metcalf fell so far in the draft a couple years back because of that neck injury. Nobody wants to deal he with fell. finding neck injuries. He fell because people are crazy, man. I don't care what anybody says. When you look at that guy, there's nothing. There's True. nothing that True. you look at him. Just look at him. Like I don't even have to see game film. Just look at him. You mean to tell yeah. me you don't think that guy injured or healthy? You don't think he can run through a wall? Come on, oh, man. No. Like I absolutely do. But, you know, also, I mean, so this doesn't really, you know, just for historical context, but the Bills have had to deal with guys specifically when it comes to, like, spinal injuries in the past, right? Kevin Everett, probably mm-hmm. the most uh, uh, yeah, yeah. famous. Um, unfortunately famous. Maybe that's not the right word, but infamous. Um and so, you know, for some reason, I think about him every now and then. Um, but, I do, too. You know, I actually searched for him not too long ago. I did. I yeah, searched for him. Every now and then, you're just like, what is this guy? You know, what is he up to? Um, and then, like you had mentioned earlier, Aaron Williams um, with, a, you know, he had a couple of back injuries. And then obviously the, the Jarvis Landry hit that took him out of the NFL um, and ended his career kind of early. So, but no, you're right. I mean, Metcalf is a guy that you look at and you're like, he's going to probably kill somebody or put somebody in the hospital someday. Um, right. He's, he's <laughs> like, like, he just, he's, like, yeah, he's like the just, Derrick Henry wide receiver version. He's gonna like completely toss somebody off to the side. Yeah. But I know that that was a big reason why a lot of teams, because because that neck injury that I think it was like a, um, a disc or, or in his neck or a plate in his neck had, um, had cracked or that there was an issue with it during his college career. So, um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, it's a good reason. It's a healthy reason to to kind of look at somebody a little bit sideways, but again, it, it's going to be weighed against, you know, what what's the upside that this guy's going to bring versus, you know, again, are we going to have the depth if they do get injured? Yeah, yeah. So, well, real quick, because you you mentioned um, and because I, I didn't want to skip past it too much, because you mentioned Dawson. We talked about Dawson Knox about how he can make just like the most tremendous catches, and then lo- those wide open, you know, it's like, come on, awesome. So, the Buffalo Bills is were rumored. We haven't made any signings, anything like that. I know everybody was still looking forward to the possibility of like maybe a trade for Zach Ertz, but. Looks as if the Buffalo Bills are are showing some interest in Jesse James. Um, I know he used to play for the Steelers, and then I believe he played for Detroit for for a year, um, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, yeah, Detroit. Um, how do you feel about the possibility of that? What do you think he brings to the team? Um, what do you think he would? You know, do you think he would be an upgrade to anything that we have? I, I look at him like a blocker. I, I, I know, like this. This particular film that I'm showing, he he gets a ton of touchdowns. It's like his touchdown film, but um, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, so I was actually going to mention the film. First off, you can see though that he's more of like a red zone threat. He's going to be that guy that you're that you're going to in the end zone, which is great. You need that guy. Um, I mean, we definitely do have a red zone threat on uh, wide receiver Isaiah Hodgins. You know, hopefully going to make the roster this year is is, is a red zone threat. But you're right. He's he's way at least in Pittsburgh and um, in Pittsburgh and then Detroit. He was utilized way more as a blocker. That's what he typically goes for. We certainly need a blocking tight end um, with you know who can catch. I don't want to say he's a hybrid, you know, because he he is more prone to being used as a as a blocking tight end. So 
do I think he'd fit the room? Maybe. I mean, Pittsburgh, except for their woes in the last year or two with some with some potential culture issues. I mean, Mike Tomlin, one of the best head coaches in the NFL, ran a you know he runs a really tight ship. Um, except for you know the things with like Antonio Brown and and Bell before that. I mean, it seemed like the culture in Pittsburgh was really good. So I don't see why he wouldn't be able to fit that room. But again, it's it's also how are you how are they planning on utilizing that tight end? If he's not going to be a blocker, and they and they're not looking to specifically add a blocking tight end, there's better receiving options in the draft, in UDFA, uh, in just free agency in general. After that, there there are guys that you can definitely go out there and get. I think I think people are sleeping on the signing of Hollister, man. Like I think I think Hollister's good. Um, I was watching the game the other day when the Bills played the Seahawks this this past season. And he had a couple catches against us where it was like, okay, this dude, you know, and, and there, there's a, a relationship already there between he and Josh. So, you know, I, I think to be honest, I've, from what I've seen from the film that I've watched and the inconsistencies that I've seen with, with Dawson, I, I really think that Hollister could be, you know, actually competing for the, the number one, tight end position on this team i don't think that it's just like a signing for depth i really think that he's athletic enough he's a good pass catching tight end he might not be the biggest tight end blocker like you you obviously want him to block a little bit better but dude i think for the type of offense the bills are looking to run i think it's one of those things where it's like okay you got a guy who's athletic and you can move around a little bit it's gonna be rough it's gonna be rough uh what am i what am i seeing why am i seeing rip in the comments what's going on what what uh somebody please fill me in, or hopefully somebody's just jumping in late and they're seeing DMX now. I'm hoping that that's what it is. Uh but yeah, okay. Uh, let's <laughs> I'm hoping that nothing else that nothing else happened. Uh give give us some more comments in uh in, in the give us some more in the comments here. My man um VP GIF again says fire up the YouTube table on Peyton Turner from Houston, cornerback at 30 and edge at 63. Uh, do you know anything about Peyton Turner? No. Again, not a name that that I've seen come up. So obviously somebody to definitely look into. But when it comes to tight ends, yeah, I would I so I didn't get a chance to watch that Seattle game. Um the Seattle Buffalo game, which I wish I did, because that was like one of the biggest games of the year, probably before you got to that Pittsburgh game. Um, I would agree. Hollister, Hollister has some speed to him. It comes in little spurts. It doesn't last that long, but he has some speed to him. And like you said, for the type of offense that McDermott and Dable are running, you're, you're, I mean, you're looking at fullbacks catching, you're looking at running backs catching out of the backfield. I mean, obviously Knox has the ability to catch. I honestly think that in terms of a catching tight end, Cross probably would have been more consistent if he had seen the field more. I think, uh, you know, I, I'd personally like to give Sweeney a little bit of a try. Um, you know, he's obviously a little bit on the shorter side, but he's, you know, he's kind of a fast guy. I'd like to see what he brings at tight end or, you know, possibly move him over to wide receiver and throw him in a slot position or something just to see what happens. So, I mean, I think that the options were definitely out there. Obviously, Croft no longer on the team. Uh trade a little bit of a benedict arnold going over to the uh the new jersey jets but um <laughs> he uh you know I, I think that he could have brought some more catching at the tight end position again though i'm hoping i'm hoping that knox gets more consistent because like you saw those catches where he has three four guys on him 
he's making those impossible complicated catches and he has the ability to to make some significant gains on the field you know he's not just that red zone let's move the chains get that down type guy he'll if he catches that ball he's gonna run so if he just works on that a little bit more um by all means i want i like i want dawson knox to succeed you know don't take this as like i don't want him to but you know he just needs to get more consistent no absolutely like the comment i just made there i want to make it clear as well like i want him to do it um, I just yeah. think that what we've seen is inconsistency. And, and to the point, what you just mentioned, we've seen him it be three guys and there's they're draped all over him and he makes a catch like with his armpit. And then he comes down and he pushes him off and he scores a touchdown. That's that's the Dawson that we see when he doesn't have to think when it's instinctual, when he just goes up there and he's playing football. That's Dawson when he's wide open. And he has to think like, and he's, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap, I'm wide open. Oh, crap, I'm wide open. Oh, crap. Then he drops the easiest pass that you just feel like he needs to make. I'm hoping that this year we're going to see some maturity. I'm hoping that he grows up a little bit. I'm hoping that he just just calms down. And I hope that he plays the game with that same just instinctual, I don't have to think about it. Josh, me whether I'm open or not, just let me catch it. I got you. That's what I'm hoping for, man. So listen, Ryan, man, go ahead, go ahead. no, I was just going to say, I, I, I feel like with the, the wide receiver additions and maybe some like with Hollister in there, maybe he is going to calm down a little bit. Like you said, he's still a young guy in the league. He, he hasn't been here that long. So, you know, he's he's a big like Hulk of a guy. He, he likes to go out there and, and, you know, lower himself down and, and, and throw some, you know, throw himself into other people and, and try and create as much chaos as possible. So hopefully he'll be able to calm down. I think that they definitely have the pieces on the team like Hollister to help kind of guide him a little bit. So. I'm hoping that we see that that maturity and that growth from him because he can be a monster on the field. Well, before I let you go, man, I want to ask you one more question. I don't know if you saw it today um, or I think, yeah, I posted it today. I posted a a video of Mario Williams when he was with the Buffalo Bills, when uh, we were playing against the New Jersey Giants. And there was a play when, he he picked up the running back and literally slammed him on his neck, man. Do you um first did did you did you see the the tweet that I'm talking about? I'm going to look it up right now, so keep talking. Okay. Well, so the question that I was going to ask you about that, um, because what I'm what I'm what I'm doing now is I'm I'm gonna post a video a day um from like one of my favorite players or one of my favorite plays just um in recent memory of Bill's times. Just just because I feel like Bill's Mafia needs some good stuff to feel, you know, we we need some things to feel good about, some good memories. So give me a moment from the cold front, your favorite memory of the cold front. Doesn't have to be Mario. It could be any one of those guys. It could be Mr. Big Stuff. I got I got a, Dar- a Marcel Darius video I'm going to post up later on this week, man. He was insane. I'm going to just tell you, not many people could do what this guy could do from the position that he played. It's a shame that that things didn't work out in Buffalo, man. I, I really wish that we could get him back in Buffalo. I think I think Marcel Darius would be exactly what the Buffalo Bills would need in the middle of that line. Oh, I absolutely agree. I mean, it, it was just it was just a thing of, of maturity versus talent. And he wasn't mature at the time. And, you know, he's gone around the league a little bit. So hopefully hopefully he's gained that back. Um, so let me let me let me say this. I'll pick somebody from that line, but not during necessarily that era. We'll, we'll go with Kyle Williams. 
Mm-hmm. And we'll go with his touchdown, his only career touchdown, um, you know, in, in one of his last years here. Because that's a guy, like I said, I, I, I grew up a hockey kid. Um, you know, I was, I was born in 98, so I was around for, for the Sabres playoff runs and stuff like that. It, it wasn't until, you know, 2017 that I had a, a good Buffalo Bills team to watch and to know that there's guys – um, you know, just to name a few like Eric Wood and specifically Kyle Williams that aren't going to be able to, to hoist that trophy above their heads and get that ring is, is, is kind of upsetting, but to know that, you know, that's a guy, he got that, he got that special moment, but that was also kind of a moment for all Bills fans where it's like, all right, we're winning and we're having fun at the same time. Like that was kind of, you know. For me, that was the moment when I knew, like, the team as a whole, you know, it kind of came into its own. And and so that's kind of my favorite moment from that. But I have been noticing that you've been posting a video a day. I like it. I like being able to go back and watch that. So I'll be sure to keep my eye out for more of those. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Just like I said, just trying to give give uh, some good memories uh, while the, the news is is few and far between right now, you know, like. We're not we're not looking for a quarterback. So, you know, we're not paying yeah. attention to all the the pro days with the quarterbacks and we're not paying attention to all of the rumblings right. at the top. So so right now it's a fun time. I can I can post videos of Stevie Johnson, you know, just destroying, you know, quote unquote, the best cornerback of all time. Uh, I can I can post videos of Mario Williams slamming guys on their neck and and have a good time with it. So, Ryan, thank you so much for joining me this week on the Code of Conduct, man. Why don't you take a moment, let everybody know where they can find you, where they can find your content and what you got coming up. Yeah, man. So first, I appreciate it. I appreciate um, you giving me this opportunity to kind of come on here, talk, expose me to the limelight a little bit. I hope this isn't the last time that we get to do this. Um, Hopefully we'll have a little bit more to talk about than you know, the Buffalo Jills and, and, and old jerseys and, and, and stuff like that. So um, if you want to get you on, we're going to get you on when there's some news. Like I promise yeah. first, first set of All real right. news that start popping after the draft, me and you going to do this again. And it's going to be like, we're going to talk some football because, because everybody before, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but really Ryan good. has good football knowledge. Like if you actually get a chance and you check him out, his content is real good. Like the guy He's smarter than me, which is why I actually was lucky this week to have him on when there's no news, so he didn't embarrass me. Go ahead, Ryan. My bad. <laughs> I don't know if I'm necessarily smarter than you. I think that I just kind of like I, th- I throw little things out every now and then, and they seem to hit for some reason. Um, but yeah, so if you want to find, uh, like like Jay said uh, in the beginning of this, um, I co-founded uh, Broviat Union Sports with a couple of my friends from college, um, and we do everything. We're we're gonna start. We haven't made that much noise yet, but we're going to be releasing uh, NFL podcasts. We're looking to possibly do an XFL pod, uh, an XFL podcast for when it comes back around. We're doing MLB. We're doing NHL. We're doing esports. We're doing uh, sports betting, um, and we're we're just looking to grow. So by all means, you can check us out on Twitter at the Broviat US. Um, but if you want to follow me specifically, you can find me on Twitter at RustBeltKid13. So everybody go follow him, go check him out, go listen to the content, go find the content. Like I said, it's good quality stuff. If you're looking for good quality bill stuff, listen, y'all know how I do it over here at the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. This pod will be available tomorrow. So if you're listening to it now, 
That means you missed the show last night. Shame on you. Check us out again next Monday when we're live again for the Code of Conduct. Do us a favor and subscribe to that YouTube channel. Share it, like, do everything that you can. Let everybody know about it. And take care of each other. Love each other and live in peace. And as usual, go Bills. Code of Conduct. to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic.